This is Blatcast 501, continuing our week-long celebration of 500 episodes of the Blatcast. Today, for the first time in four months, the Blatcast Triumvirate is reunited, as Christian is joined by original Blatcaster Will Sterling and longtime fan favorite Jeff Duray. So sit back for a true Blatcast rarity, the gang back together, and they actually keep it to an hour. So, without further ado, hey, that's offensive to us in the ado business. Here's Christian Black. Welcome to the Blackcast, continuing our celebration of Blackcast 500 with Blackcast 501, 2, 3, 4, 5. I'm going to keep counting until I get to 1,000. Six, seven. No, I won't do that. But I'm very excited because with me is the one and only Jeff DeRay. And uh, people might know Jeff DeRay from his appearances on the Blackcast. Jeff, how are you? Hi, uh, I don't think any recent fans know me. No, it's been a while. It's uh, it, because I think that the last episode that I did with Will, we talked about the country music concert we went to where I fell down and I got a really, really nasty bruise and Will took me to the emergency room. And as an avid listener of the, the Blackcast, I know you're well aware of all that. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, think yep. I saw you after that, right? Because you had the bruise on your or the cut on your forehead. Oh yeah, that's right. I I did have the like the hat on and all that, and uh, mm -hmm. I did a reveal of it sometime later. Uh, but a big part of the reason why we haven't been doing the classic style episodes of the Blackcast is that Will was traveling, and then I think I had this idea that oh wow, why don't you guys, you know, Will, why don't you go to Jeff's house and you guys can record there, and I'll pop in, you know, on. Streamyard or Zoom or something, and then he uh, had the audacity to want to enjoy his trip and spend time with his wife. So I guess he didn't put the black cast uh, number one in his heart, and that makes me say, "Well, Sterling, he's changed. He's really changed." Seriously, because this has always been his priority. Every day when I would see him at work, because I used to just go there all the time and see him and we'd like high five 80 style. And then he'd talk about, oh, I can't wait to do another Bladcast. Like, of course. It fills my heart with joy. So much that his heart is so filled with joy. Joining us now for this installment of the Bladcast, where we're celebrating Bladcast 500, is the one, the only the expertly mustachioed will sterling william j sterling at will sterling underscore will sterling of history rated r which uh i have fallen behind on and uh, i can't wait to catch up will sterling how are you uh great just realizing i'm looking at this email and it says five minutes before noon so that's I'm all right five, five minutes i'm just late. trying to make everybody's schedule work for each other well i think this is really important for our visual listeners now we know that the black cast is exists as audio only but i really want people to see that mustache when i first met you will more than a decade ago i don't think you could have grown a mustache <laughs> i think you could you could have like injected the cream and the clear and all the steroids that were available over the counter at that point mm, yeah i don't think do you think a decade ago you could have grown a mustache I do. Maybe not quite this much, but I would never let myself grow my facial hair out, really. Uh, yeah. but there was you a did a beard once, and I remember movie. it didn't, the beard didn't meet, right? Wasn't yeah, that, that the problem? I'm still having that problem in some spots. 
I'm, you know, I, using, I using know. the ointments, trying to trying to fill in the patchiness, but it's tough. You got to accept who you are. If you've I got know. a patchy beard, then that's just... <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's very, there's like nothing, no connection here, and it's very frustrating. This is like a next level. To me, the Mount Rushmore of stashes includes Freddie Mercury. I don't know. Somebody tell me a better stash than uh, Freddie Mercury, and I'm willing to listen. Raleigh Fingers, Jeff, Tom, with the with the twisty. Tom uh, you Tom, oh, Tom Selleck, yeah. Salvador Dali also with the handlebar, twisty mustache. Oh, but yeah. yeah, Tom Selleck. I mean, when Tom Selleck did that era where he didn't have the mustache, the career. So, Will, are you here to announce that they're doing another reboot of Magnum P.I., this time with you? Starring me. As Thomas Magnum. I, I'm so... Very Wait, they already They already did a reboot of it? Yeah, they did. I know. Is it, me, is it still on television or was it? I don't it know briefly? about that, but they did a reboot of MacGyver. They that a, I know, yeah. They had a reboot of Hawaii Five O for a long time, you know. So, uh, what's old is new again, and that's why we're celebrating more than 500 episodes of the Black Cast because it is very <laughs> old and yet it is still very new. But we're all together for the first time, and I was kind of explaining to people that uh will you had a little bit of a of a walkabout as uh, crocodile dundee says you had an extended road trip didn't you i did i did it and was long you were back on the east coast yeah is this coming as news to jeff did you forget to go hang out with jeff while you were out there <laughs> well, i tried to get a baseball game going but they're busy and i saw coltrane briefly and then uh I wasn't there much longer than that. I ended up having to come back to LA for a shoot and for my friend's wedding, like late May, early June. So there was like 12 days where I was sort of back in this area. So by the time I got back out there, it was like the baseball game. And then we packed up and we pretty much moved back. So it was, I was hoping to be able to stay there the whole time. Of course, it was like the first thing I auditioned for when I got out there, I booked. And there's a part of me that's like, this is great. It's work. But then I was like, fuck, yeah. I have to like lose part of my trip. So, but uh, it was okay. So you booked something. Is it uh, something that uh, we might see one day soon or was it uh, more? I hope so. Uh, it was a series of commercials. So I oh, assume sweet. they'll be, yeah, they'll be on YouTube and some things whenever they're, whenever they're done. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite Will Sterling commercial was the, uh, the online only Jack in the Box commercial. That you <laughs> yeah. did. Um, but the Sean T in the purple shirt was also great. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking over Jeff. Jeff, just uh, restate what you just said, sir. I said, is it one of those ones where you're sexually eating the hamburger? Like, we're all oh, supposed to want to fuck like, you while you're eating the hamburger. Like, it was like Paris Hilton or somebody on the Mechanical Bull. Uh, that was, yeah. a, I think, a Carl's oh, Jr. commercial. Upton, uh, Kate Upton or no. Uh, uh, Brooklyn the Decker. Married, it, it doesn't the one that married uh, uh, Justin Verlander. Do you know who I'm talking about? She was yes. like super popular. It was like 2010, and that was like her commercial. And everyone was like, Did you see that Carlos Jr. commercial? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't see the girl. I just stared at the hamburger. I oh, apparently it was did. it was Kate Upton, I guess. It was Kate Upton. Yeah. I do remember like the the peak Kate Upton time, which was like right after college, right when I moved to LA. Mm -hmm. But with uh, that commercial. I'm telling yeah, you, with I that commercial. I remember the the uh what was the dude's magazine? She did this like sort of Maxim. Like, iconic cover something like that or and there's or or uh, perhaps it was uh, my favorite magazine which is morningwood quarterly that is, <laughs> no, uh, I, I like to, to start off my day with a nice morningwood quarterly 
Um, you know, as we uh, think back on the black cast and I'm talking about these hamburgers, I'm reminded I wasn't planning to talk about this, but uh, Will, I'm reminded of one of our, our earliest running bits that we promoted. And I think there's actually video for it. The uh, super, no, the man of steel versus food challenge. I think I have the name wrong. Superman versus food. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you remember what that was? And Jeff, I think this was before your time. But uh, I think it's, uh, I remember it very well, but do you remember what you ate for that challenge? It was like, Carl's Jr. had some like Man of Steel burger or something, right? And I think I ate two of them, but one of them Ken had made, he'd switched out the buns for donuts. Krispy Kreme, original glazed, hot donuts, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to... Was it just the two? It still lives, I think, on my YouTube page. Yeah, I think it's on. It's like I didn't even have a YouTube page. That's how long ago it was. There was no Bladcast. Once upon a time, there was an age where there was no Bladcast YouTube page, and the world was better for it. But that was like early, early. Blood that's like cast. 2013, because I yeah. think that's when the Man of Steel came out. Like five months into us doing the podcast, and then we we really camped out on the fact that the next movie wasn't going to be called uh, Batman vs Superman. We thought that that was a dumb title, <laughs> but uh, I was deter- I was, I was certain they were going to change the name. And, yeah. Uh, and you know what? I still think they might. <laughs> um, but tell us a little bit about uh, your travels, uh, Will, uh, you know, however much you want to say about why you came out, but uh, just some of what you saw spending that much time in, in new England. Um, it was good. Casey came out, what, late April. She flew out and we drove. We started driving like May 2nd. Um, and it took us five days to get out there. Stayed with some friends sort of along the way. Somebody in Salt Lake City, somebody in Colorado, and then randomly. I'm sorry, in- let me just interject. In Salt Lake City, did you stay with Salt Lake Green Arrow? I did, yes. Yeah, okay. Ollie Odinson, his new name is. Not LCC Green Arrow anymore. Now it's Ollie Odinson. My apologies. I, I hate both to. Oliver I hate to. And- Thor. I hate to misname anyone's cosplay. So That's my okay. apologies. Um, and then some La Quinta Inns in Des Moines, Iowa. And well, somebody's s- making the big podcast money. Somewhere else. <laughs> because they're, they allow dogs. So we needed, because oh. we were driving with Charlie. So we had to stay at a, at a place that allowed dogs. So uh, we left on a Monday. We got into Cambridge on, on Friday and then unpacked and things. And had a couple of days to like socialize with Casey's friends. And then I got COVID. Uh, oh, yes. I didn't know that. So then I was in quarantine. Well, for you like... don't tell me everything. <laughs> what happened? I was in quarantine for like six days. Luckily, it was like the week before her graduation stuff. So I didn't have to miss any of her graduation of events at Harvard. Was was that your COVID cherry, as it were? That was. That was, oh. yeah. So I'm still You know, they say you never forget your now. first time, Will. I know. It was pretty mild. It was like... Uh, it was kind of like a, I don't know. It, I first test I took, I had like some mild symptoms, but I was like, maybe this is just what it's like to like have a cold again. I haven't been sick in yeah. like over oh, two I, years. I just got a text from Liev. Uh, it's nothing compared to syphilis. So I guess mm. that's, you know, it, I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. You got to get that syphilis vaccine. So you had it, blood. you had it mild. Uh, I did. Wait, I who's did. that back there behind you? Is that it's a cat? Friend. It's my friend's dog, Paul. Oh, it's a, okay. So again, I'm I'm misspeciesing uh, animals and creatures. I really thought it was a cat. I'm sorry. I'm no, it's sorry. a little. It's a it's a little dog. He doesn't oh want gosh. to be held. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so basically, might as well be a cat. Yeah. Yes. There That's 
Well, there's the thumbnail right there at 11 minutes and 37 <laughs> seconds. Uh, is Will holding up the dog? Who let the dogs out? Will Sterling. Um, so you didn't have COVID bad, but you had it in a, a strange environment. Uh, yeah. So you had to stay away from Casey, I assume. She'd already had it like a month and a half before me, so it wasn't oh. majorly scary. Um, and the cases at the time, I think, were really on the rise in Massachusetts. So everybody it seemed like was getting it around then, especially a lot of her classmates. And luckily it was before graduation. So I could like go to all her stuff. Um, but I was like, you know, sitting in her apartment for, I think five days was the, was what they asked people at the time, at least to, to quarantine for. So yeah. I did like, I think. Plus no, zero, and and zero since then they've updated six. it to, you have to stay home for 45 minutes. That's yes. actually the latest uh, regulations from the CDC. And honestly, it seems a little long to me. Honestly, minutes. That's that's not an episode of Stranger Things, <laughs> I guess. We'll we'll talk about media and uh, content in a future episode. I I want to I want to focus on on us, Team Blackcast, who two thirds of which uh, I've kept off the show for a while. But I was explaining before you got here that really your your travels were a big part of the reason why I didn't want to ruin your trip. Be like, you know, you should really make. The Although now that I know that you were sitting inside for five days, I was. Like, <laughs> Probably That's true. Have, probably could have done a, a, a Star Trek the original series rewatch podcast. I watched uh, the Lincoln Lawyer. Uh, I love that movie. The the show, the Netflix show. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've never seen that. <laughs> it's a good movie though. It's fine. I, I do. I want to see the movie. I love it's McConaughey. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was fine, but but yes. Yeah, so by the time I got out of quarantine, it was like a graduation events, like Monday through Friday that week. And then I flew back to LA on Friday, then was in Mexico, then was doing the shoot. And it was like, it ended up being not a, as much downtime. I was like, oh, I've got two months. Yeah. It'd be great. The wedding I knew I was going to come back for, but I thought that was only going to be like three days, four days. And the and wedding it, was in Mexico, correct? Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. sorry, Mexico. Mexico. Mm -hmm. yeah. So then I flew back, I think on the 12th of July. Oh. No, June. I'm sorry. June. June. I got to Scottsdale where Casey's staying for the summer for work on 4th of July. It took me four days. So I left on the 1st. All right. 1st. I love Scottsdale. If you, you really? haven't been, you need to have your cheat day, uh -huh. plan around it, get all your pumps in, and then go to the old-timey ice cream shop called the Sugar Bowl in downtown uh, Scottsdale. Okay. Uh, there is a, a lot of um, original artwork from the comic strip family circus okay because the artist I feel like i remember who, you talking about this yeah before. so the yeah. artist who did that i guess lived there at one point and and he would draw the sugar bowl into some of the you know it's a single circle like comic strip you know okay. think of it as as a, a ziggy for kids you know <laughs> a a more concise dilbert mm. uh but uh it's the kind of like ice cream place i always wished they had in la but I'm glad they don't uh, for caloric intake reasons. Um, so you're back now and uh, History Rated R hasn't uh, missed a beat. So people can find that on all their favorite uh, podcast platforms. Got Dominica Saxon very involved. He, he tweeted about us, you know. We he loves ready. the show. Yeah. I think more than the black cast. And that hurts. That really hurts, <laughs> Dominicus. But that's all right. You know, I, there's, there's enough to go around. There's a lot uh, less half clothed Zia on history rated R. So that's probably not as appealing for a lot of people so far. 
that's a true. Lot less. You know what? Yeah. It's not and too late. by the way, if you uh, if you enjoy our friend Zia, please uh, go to her OnlyFans. It's Zia Land, and uh, I I get uh, I, I get very uncomfortable uh, with her Instagram because she has like censored versions of her pictures, but I still shouldn't be looking at them while I'm in line to you know drop off my kids at preschool. I call <laughs> it Instagram like, roulette, where when you're with your partner or spouse or whoever it is, and you open Instagram, it's like. Is it going to be somebody who I'm friends with who posts risque photos or is it going to be something appropriate? And half the yeah. time it's like half naked cosplay people. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I guess with my wife, she at least knows Zia and she, you know, she's like, oh, okay. I guess, you know, she's, you know, she's, she's making a living. Uh, so Jeff, uh, Will seems like he was around for a long time. Uh, did, uh, did did he spend time with you? I know he saw you already earlier in the year and we talked about it. You guys didn't take my advice and go to the 99 Steakhouse, uh, but maybe next time. Uh, but uh, did you guys get to hang out? I'm asking Jeff because I feel like uh, I, I feel like we'll get the we'll get the real skinny on this story here from Jeff. It's not much of a story. No. <laughs> <laughs> but. I know that Will went to a, a, a Red Sox game and you just weren't able to go the day that he could go, right? I mean, that wasn't, you guys yeah. aren't feuding, are you? No, I, uh, well, <laughs> I mean, it comes down to this. Uh, I'm unwell. Remember how I mentioned that? Like I had to be on medications and agoraphobia and like sure. not wanting to leave my house. That's like a real problem for me. So like, I don't go places, so I didn't want to go out. So, so I made think, up an excuse. <laughs> you think that a baseball game with what thirty five thousand people That is a very busy place. Yeah. You think that, that you think that, that would make you uncomfortable? More comfortable Slightly. being in a house with like I, four people? I went to the north end because I had to have dinner with Natasha's dad who came and I almost had a fucking panic attack just like going out. So yeah, I don't go places anymore. <laughs> I mean we were out there last time I was there. And it seemed like it was it was okay. Was that April I'm, or? So? I mean, that's because I don't like show how I'm feeling. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So Just, yeah. well, so I feel like it would have uh, it would have been a lot easier to just try and get together and podcast. I felt like I was letting you guys all have your adventures and Will with his COVID and Jeff, you had COVID earlier in, in the year and I had it. It was all old hat for us. Um, so, uh, you were, uh, you were listening to some David Bowie when, uh, we first connected. Uh, so is, uh, is, is there any kind of comfort in going into like a, like a record store or do you do it all like, uh, online and you just have a show up at the house? Uh, there's no wrong answer to this, by the way. I like both experiences very much. So I haven't gotten any records in like over a month <laughs> for okay. like pretty much this very reason in part um so i just haven't gotten anything i just because i was going to this one record shop but it was just like i just haven't gone um the owner's really cool though so it's usually fine when i'm there it is super tiny and like super oh. busy yeah. so it's like not busy in terms of people Unless, except sometimes, but it's like there's almost nowhere to walk, and it's like there's stuff on the ground, but you can't bend over to actually get to it. So it's like it's a it's you can find a lot of great records there, but it's it's not easy to navigate. So I like to go when there's likely not going to be anybody else there, but then I end up having like these 
<laughs> several hour long conversations with the guy who owns the place because he's super chill. So it's like it's a really nice place to go when I can go there. But it's like <laughs> I yeah, it's I mean, to describe how it is for me, it's basically like I, I'll have to know that I'm planning to go there in advance. I'll yeah. have planned on going there for like multiple days and then just like hit a point where I'm like, nah, I'm not leaving the house today. Like, fuck that. And then right. I'll just like forget about it. And then eventually one day I'll be like, all right, today is the day I'll flip a coin and the coin will say, I have to go. And I'll be like, all right, time to go. <laughs> and I'll like go to the shop. And then it's like fine sometimes when I'm there and everything's like chill, but it's like if somebody else comes in and I, I, the, the weird thing for me with this social anxiety is that it's it's almost like the after effects of going out are what's the worst so it's like and if i go out and i hang out and talk to people then i spend the next day or two thinking about every single thing i said and just think about how fucking stupid it was and so it yeah. gets really upsetting and so it's just so is it does it help kind of normalize that feeling if like you do talk to the guy at the record store for a while, you're not going to feel like, Oh, what I talked to him about was stupid because we really focused and we just talked about music. We talked about records and maybe he, maybe he recommended something or is even that an uncomfortable sort of oh, same know, thing. I'll still okay. like be like, Oh my God, I can't believe I said this. Oh, I can't believe I said the wrong name for that person or like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did this or that I, or said this thing, just whatever. Right. It's like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous how meticulously I'll tear myself down. <laughs> right. And I mean, usually that's what you have, you know, friends like us for is to tear each other down. But then when you do it to yourself, that's a lot less fun. You know, you're talking about going to record stores and I had a trip myself, not as long as uh, Will's. I was uh, back in the New York area for about two weeks. And I went to two, I actually drove out to near where I grew up and I went to a couple of my favorite record stores. Uh, one of them in Middletown, New York is called Rock Fantasy. And uh, they had like added this huge pinball room and it was really cool. And like the guy who runs it was like the guy who ran it, you know, when I was a kid and I was in high Let's school. See the pinball wizard? He he was yeah he was the pinball wizard, and he uh, I, I went to yeah uh, yeah of course <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. it's the only one that matters. Uh, he uh, I I went to an in store there for the release of Guns and Roses the Spaghetti Incident oh. covers album, uh, but uh, I always loved that store and uh, I got a lot of posters there. Uh, my Kiss bootleg of the first Kiss concert I went to, Will, in 1990 in Middletown, New York. I bought the VHS there for $20 uh, in 1990, only about a month later. That was the Hot in the Shade, right? That was the Hot in the Shade tour. So and somebody was just in the audience with their, like, VHS camera? just like They had it wow. set up on, like, a, on a um, tripod. And it was clearly somebody who worked there filmed it because, ah, you know, okay. it was just in the back. Right. And, uh, yeah, and you can find that show on YouTube still to this Whoa. day okay. um so i went there and he was uh he wasn't coming into the shop uh, he's a little bit older uh so the girl was working there was like guy oh, yeah he hasn't really come by since covid i'm like all right i really wanted to see steve that's his name steve oh, i steve. follow him on instagram he does a show i was like oh, i was gonna talk to him he would like i was wondering i'm like i haven't been in here in like 15 years i wonder if he'll remember me as like the guy who always came in to talk to him about alice cooper and to a lesser extent kiss but, I, but the alice cooper stuff was harder to find 
kiss stuff you can find. Yeah. Um, and like he, yeah, so I would, so I didn't get to interact with him. And then I went to another record store in Pompton Lakes, New Jersey, flip side. And the guy who runs that store, uh, I think grunted once at my friend and I, we tried to make small talk with him. And I was like, I was like, Oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to talk records. And like, boy, the shop has like so much of the old stuff. And all they did is just pack, you know, it's like the inventory they had the last time I was there, say 1995 was all there and they had just added twice as much. So it's kind of like what Jeff's talking about as you were describing the record store you went to. I, I could barely walk around. We tried to talk to the guy. It was such a dick. And I was just like, all right, so this is really not what I wanted either, you know. Uh, but I did guys. go to uh, Forbidden Planet, the comic book store in Manhattan, and uh, everybody was really nice there. So finally, somebody would let me talk to them, you know. But um, the uh, this record store the, that I'm talking about, Jeff, the fact that this guy doesn't talk might have actually been good. And it's filled with records. But I will tell you, there was nobody in there, nobody coming in, nobody going out. It was just us, really. So I think they probably do a lot of online business because yeah. it's like this Great. guy, he talks about. So it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I think it's partly a sales tactic, but I do think he likes me. So I, I do think I get good deals on this stuff where it's like he'll tell me with every single record what he would sell it online for and then always sells it to me at half the price of whatever he would sell it online for. So it's basically like if you're buying records online, you're getting jacked <laughs> like on whatever you're buying. Like they because the, for the way he described it, it's like he, the amount of money he has to spend on packaging and getting it shipped back if there's any minor flaw because the people who like buy those are like such pain in the asses versus people who come into the store. It was just like, I will sell it to you for half the price. <laughs> like have fun. Mm -hmm. So do you ever feel like he's uh that's how he also gets your business a little bit? Like, yeah, you know, if I sell this online, I could get like 200 bucks for it, but I'll sell it to you for a hundred. I think, you know, I would think that way if it weren't for the fact that I like walk up to him with a stack of like 16 records and he'll be like, we'll hold this one for another time. Like, cause he knows <laughs> that I'm just like being ridiculous. <laughs> what, uh, what's just, even if it's, you know, a month or two months ago, what are a couple of things that you found recently that you were like, Oh, Hey, this is cool. Like something you'd been looking for or is it, uh, okay. Let's just something you'd been looking for. Let me ask that question. Oh, first. something I've been looking for that I found. Um, you know, some say that I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Right back <laughs> to you, Jeff. <laughs> Uh, I mean, some of the really cool ones that I got recently that were just like sitting out. I got, uh, speaking of Bowie, Hunky Dory, a like original okay. press of Hunky Dory was just like somewhere out near uh, Coltrane, a Love Supreme. Um, uh, young so American. You mean, so Bowie. you mean the, a record by Ken Walter, a mm -hmm. former associate producer of the Dennis Miller show. Yes. He put out an album that you bought. I didn't even realize under the that. guise of John Coltrane, he, <laughs> he released an album called "A Love Supreme" that somehow wow, think, predated Col him. And so Coltrane's good, Coltrane's love is a love supreme. It's yeah. true. It's true. There's there's some that it's like I've found that he then takes, and I almost am like, oh, I'm finding too much good stuff. Yeah. Like there was a, a huh, I found a Aretha Franklin. Um, what was it? Lady, 
well, it was a was one of the Aretha Franklin albums that I was looking for, but it was like this super unique early label press where it's like this blue and green instead of the nor normal like orange and whatever. So he was like, uh, you know, that was one of the ones where he's like, you know, maybe we'll just uh, I'll just hold on to this. You don't need this one's going to be expensive, so you don't you don't want this one. Is what. <laughs> You know, you mentioned uh, Aretha Franklin, and uh, I recently uh, had a conversation with an author who had written a book about Isaac Hayes, and one of the things that he talked about was uh, Otis Redding, who, of course, originally did Respect, and he hated the Aretha Franklin version of that song. It obviously made him a lot of money, but one of the reasons he hated it, it, hated it is that she added the... R-E-S-P-E-C-T, the way you spell it out, the Sakatumi, Sakatumi, Sakatumi. And he hated that. But because people got used to it, when he performed it live, he had to add the Sakatumi. And so <laughs> it was just like, oh, God. And uh, he also seems like a really miserable guy, uh, Otis Redding. So I'm looking forward to reading a book about him sometime yeah. soon, actually. Well, he's dead. So if it makes you feel better. Well, yeah, he was sitting at the dock of the bay. Uh, by the way, uh, Will did uh, sir, uh, share some very important information uh, with me. For GQ, that was, the, that was the magazine, yeah. The GQ uh, I remember magazine. remember that on the newsstands at yeah. the Ralphs by yeah. uh, Alfa uh, Oh, so this was, uh, so you were out of college. I could just imagine, you know, Lil Will Sterling being at a supermarket. It was like that having, summer. I think having that was his eyes covered. And, I yeah. think that was 2010. Let's see, yeah. does it say? Yeah, good old. Uh, it, I I don't. I, I just see a special issue on that. Yeah, so July um, 2012. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a couple years after college, two years after college. So it's the tw it's the tenth anniversary of this cover. Look at us, July 2022, celebrating beautiful. Kate Upton's. And it's it's like the ninth and a half anniversary of the Black Cast. We you know we're we've done 500 plus shows. Uh, we're we're all talking together, and you know. Uh, I didn't even ask Liev to join us today. Do you know why I didn't ask him to join us today? Why? He's getting married in Hawaii today. Uh, today? <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah, on my a Wednesday. Is, my favorite thing is to comment on his um, on his pictures and remind him that we didn't get invited. Yeah. Like, oh, I is did this get... a wedding? When's the wedding coming that we didn't get invited to? Yeah. I, I was invited in the way of like, but you wouldn't come, right? And I'm like, no, I, I wouldn't. So I, he didn't send me an invitation because I talked to him about it, that I would love to go. It's in Hawaii. But I'm like, I also know that I can't go to a wedding in Hawaii on a Wednesday. You don't know that. You don't know I, that. No, I did. Believe me, I knew. <laughs> so, um, but in any case, uh, Will, we alluded to the fact that when you were out there, you went to a Red Sox game. And I know you have a hat now. So you have. I've had it since last April. I've had it for over a year. Wow. This Red Sox. Yeah. Because so, when I bought it at the airport, it was the first time I was in Boston. I was coming back. I had such a, I had like a half good time and a half miserable time visiting a friend that I'm like no longer speaking to. And oh. uh, I, when I was in the airport, I just like felt like I needed to hide. And I was like, I need to buy a hat just so I can like sit here and sadly eat my airport wall burgers and uh, drink this beer. And uh, that's why I bought that Red Sox hat. Not because I'd seen them, seen them or, or been partial to them, but uh it was, it was all part of a, just to hide those sad eyes, hide the sad eyes. But now, you know, big fan. I saw them once. <laughs> Fun fact. That's actually why every man in Boston wears a Red Sox hat to hide their sad, sad eyes. <laughs> to hide. <laughs> yeah. They're just because they're all crying on the inside and they're 
just praying to God it doesn't come to the outside so that they get beat up. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that, a tear on that. your face? Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, what did you think of, uh, of, Fenway, I know. So you you did you just meet up with Coltrane there? I know yeah. I saw a photo. Yeah, I think you texted me a photo. He actually. met us there. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He met he met us there. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was also because originally when I had been there just before, I was like me, Jeff, and Natasha and Ken were all together, and I was like, oh, I'd love to go to a game when I'm back. And I was thinking like, okay, I'll just invite like my friends and we'll do something small. And Casey was like, oh, a bunch of people from Harvard have been wanting to go all year, and we haven't planned like a a big group. Red Sox thing. So like it went from me thinking it was going to be like five people to just Ken and then like 25 Harvard people. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of her friends and other people from the department. Yeah, you really missed out. Uh, I mean, they're all cool. They're all cool. Like uh, nobody's like typical Harvardy people, but it was all, you know, people from her from her class. And I mean, I was friends with them or as much as a spouse of somebody can be friends yeah. with them, their friends. But uh it ended up being a good time. Me and Ken just kind of hung out and uh, I had some, I had some beers and a hot dog and a Fenway Fen- Frank, I believe Fenway, they're called a Fenway Frank. Uh, and um, it was from the uh, a specific B- Savoners or something, butcher shop. They had like a little nice. kiosk there. Yeah. Which is like, I ordered a duck from there for Christmas Savoners butcher shop in Cambridge. Um, I thought I thought you were going to say you ordered a duck from Fenway. No, no. Christmas. And then kind of once the game was over, we just like all left. A lot of the other kids like went out to like keep drinking and stuff. But I don't know. By the time we got like to the end of the trip or even midway through June, like with the wedding, with the graduation, with like I had like been to so many bars and parties and drink. that I was just like, I can't I can't socialize anymore. So uh it, yeah, the last I mean, like, week that I was there was very quiet because we were like I, packing I, up and I was like, I don't want to, I can't really. Yeah, I've yeah. I've had fun, you know, going to Fenway with a group of people and like, you know, there's, is that Lansdowne Street down there or, uh, I know there's those bars that are right next to Fenway. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like the cask and flag and then just drinking way too much. My friend Brad, who uh, Will knows a little bit uh, and, you know, who lives in Melbourne now, but uh, he's still from Boston. And we were out there for his wedding, God, like eight years ago. But we went to a Red Sox game during that. And there was just way too much, uh, you know, drinking before the game. But that's yeah. because it costs so much at the game. Why would you right. drink? I right. I had uh, I had a friend at the All-Star game at Dodger Stadium yesterday, and they posted a photo of the large commemorative cup coke zero that they bought for 1550 so and there's no alcohol in that that's true yeah but the beers yeah. are like fucking 13 dollars and michelada is like 15 dollars i'm like what yeah and also the worst hot dogs on the face of the earth are sold at dodger stadium the, the dodger uh, dog the dodger dogs who which were never good but then they stopped uh, having an agreement with Farmer John's and they now have uh, some other brand and it's so much worse. The all beef ones are tolerable, but the okay. actual classic Dodger dogs uh, are the, you might as well eat them with the foil still on. Uh, but uh, Jeff, you were in LA for a long time. Did you, did you ever uh, take a plunge and bite into a Dodger dog or were you smarter than I was? I'm pretty sure I went to that one Dodgers game with you on. I just ate my ass. Off. That was all I cared about was just eating the overpriced concessions. So it is the best sure part. I ate I one of those garbage yeah. dogs. 
I loved every minute of it. Rubbery yeah. and tasteless. Mm. Well, I, I do remember that uh, when you were leaving town, I, I coordinated with uh, Agent Romanoff. Uh, you know, I wanted to like just get some some nice food sent to you. And he's like, well, he really loves Doghouse. And I'm like, you know what? I love Doghouse, too. I fucking oh. miss Doghouse. Doghouse. I forgot about Doghouse. I've been making my own split top dogs. Oh, sweet. The On the cast iron. So that's been pretty nice. That's cool. I've got a podcast recording, like sort of pseudo live event at Pink's tomorrow. So I will be oh. eating Pink's hot dogs. You let me know if they still have a picture of Dennis up there. I think it's been taken down. Just uh, <laughs> they, I think they've cycled through to, let's just say, more relevant. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, the people who own it are just pretty yeah. older. Well, yeah, anybody who was a fan of Dennis was a fan of old references. So they likely will keep his picture up for a long, that's, long that's time. That's great. Point. Dennis has become the old, he now is the old reference. Uh, exactly. Salman and I drove up uh, about a month ago and we had lunch with him and it was delightful to see him. And uh, where is he living he would, now? In another mansion? Oh, he's still up in Montecito. He just doesn't okay. live in that house that he sold to uh, Ellen. This is, <laughs> For like this is not inside information. Dollars. It's publicly reported. Yeah. Um, I'll, Did they I'll buy another people... house or they're just like renting? A no, renting? I think that uh, I, the last I knew they were renting, you know, just kind of, you know, figuring it out. His, uh, his, uh, his son did a show for uh, Amazon uh, with Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons. And now I forget the name of it. I watched a couple of them and I thought it was actually very good as an interesting concept. He's an actor? No, he's a showrunner. He wrote a show. Oh, uh, shit. Holden did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I cannot remember the name of the show, but I know that it's on Amazon. How many shows could they possibly have? Uh, it's called Night Sky. And ah, okay. uh, I watched like the first episode or two of that. It was all right. Yeah, I kind of want to get I like I wish I could find out I couldn't like text Dennis and be like, "Look, how many episodes until it gets into what's really happening because it was it was a little slow and I just want to I want I'll keep watching. It's like that show Severance on uh Apple TV Plus. I'm very interested in it, but it's so quiet. I 100% of the time I fall asleep and have to rewind it. <laughs> Uh, I, I, it's think, not a bad show. It is a show I cannot stay awake during. I Sorry, think I was, Night Sky got canceled. Actually, I thought Night, I read. I thought well, I read if Night that. Sky got canceled, it does, it's still it's still out there. They didn't yank the episodes down. Night it's not Sky. like reruns of Amos and Andy. You know, you can still find them. It's not Song of the South. <laughs> you don't know that. You said you haven't watched it. That's true. I hope there's an Uncle Remus character halfway through. Wow, they made a lot of episodes. They well, made like no, ten. Of no, that's, I'm looking at something that says there were 27 episodes as of 2016. So this is incorrect. okay. So this is not that show. I don't know what I'm looking at. You're just looking at Falling Sky. Uh, that actually might be what you're looking or Falling Skies or something like that. So you watched a little bit of that, Jeff, and uh, it, you know, which one? It, uh, fall, <laughs> no, Night Sky. But uh, yeah, the and, one with. Um, uh Russell Crowe and uh Ryan Gosling, right? The night the night No, that's guys. the Barbie movie. Uh I'm, I'm having trouble keeping it all straight. Well, uh what uh so you watched a couple of those. What what you always seem to know what's great on the streaming services because you you sample a lot more than than I have time to. So what have you seen? Uh, we can talk about stuff that sucks another time. But what's something you've seen recently, Jeff? That you're like, oh, this was really good. It could be a movie. It could be a show. It could be whatever. Good question. Um, I current something is currently airing 
I'm really enjoying uh, the old man or whatever it is, old guy with uh, Jeff Bridges yeah. and John Lithgow. It's, I haven't, I've not seen that, but you're enjoying it. Okay. The dialogue has a very play like, like whoever wrote it clearly writes plays or wanted to right. write plays because there'll be scenes between like John Lithgow and Aaliyah Shawkat specifically that just go on with these like long monologue dialogues between each of them. And it's clearly written for the stage or like written by somebody like it would be performed on the stage kind of a thing. Right. So, so it's, it's, it's like it's like that David Mamet style where you're like, wow, they each like they, they had like four pages of dialogue each. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's yeah. just it's just like one of those. Oh, wow. They're incredibly verbose and very well spoken and take incredible dramatic pauses from these off the cuff speeches. It's it's fascinating. Uh, but it's it's a good show. The premise and the characters are all good. Um I enjoyed the the most recent season of The Boys. I thought that was fun. Um, hmm. I've still never seen that. I still I haven't jumped into it. It's interesting that yeah. neither Will nor I have. As it's superhero not people, like, I've never I, watched. I'm a hundred percent sure I will enjoy it too. I just yeah. haven't. It's just it's really gory and gruesome. But I mean, yeah. it's it's a really good look at what if uh, Superman was a little bit more human. A yeah. little bit more fallible and and then therefore a fucking dickhead because he's like the most powerful <laughs> right. person around and nobody can stop him kind of a thing. But it's not just like this. Oh, no, we all have to cower and hide because it's like he wants to be loved. The Homelander right. character is more complex and it makes it a much more interesting like uh, villain. Right. Or yeah. foil overall. It, yeah. it, it, um, from afar, it feels like what if the Justice League were the brothers at the Teak House on your college campus or SIGEP or I don't I don't I don't know that many fraternities. Sorry. I mean, to uh, me, it just seems more like human, frankly, because it's like, yes, yeah. the stuff that they're doing is fucked up and debaucherous and violent. But the reality is, like, if if people had the power to rip other people's arms off without meaning to, it would fucking happen all the time because people aren't that careful. Like people would be given that power and they wouldn't be responsible with it. As we've seen with the many people in power in many places that are completely irresponsible with it. So it's, I think it's, 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 it's almost more honest in a Mm. lot of ways with the way that they interact with things, right? Like you'll have a situation where people are fighting and then somebody goes live streaming because that's almost more realistic to like what's happening in our world. And people think, Oh, Whoa, I'm just kidding. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, shit like that. Um, so I liked that one. Let me just interject with uh, will. If you had super strength, would you be like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I ripped your arms off. It was completely by accident. I was not trying to rip your arms off and cause, uh, you know, it's like total whoops. Depends you know, on just, who turns out who I'm accidentally ripping the arm. Yeah. Off. That's kind of, I'm not, I'm not going to name anyone. Yeah. I'm not even, I'm honestly not even thinking of anyone. I mean, it would you totally know, we happen all have by accident, in, but you no, know, we but. all have people in our lives that if we had ripped off their arms, we would have been like, Oh shit. That was so funny. <laughs> they were like, Oh my God, my arms are bleeding everywhere. You know, they die. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. So these seem like all shows that are on Amazon prime though. It's like all we've, is, uh, uh, it's on Hulu, I think, because yeah. I, I went on Hulu to watch that show specifically and fell into another show instead. And what show like, did you fall into? And was it the good? Ba- the bear, which is excellent. And I I've heard that that's great that too. Good one too. 
I uh, I can't remember the last time I watched a show twice, and I'm already like half. It's only eight episodes, but I've already watched rewatched like the first four episodes, and we'll finish it again. Wow. It's so well, great. I've kind of I watched Severance twice because I always fall asleep during it. So that was me. That was like me and uh, well, Obi Wan. I feel like I kept falling asleep, and I only ever watched the first three episodes. And then it was like I quit. Uh, yeah, there, there's been plenty of things I've been falling asleep through trying to yeah. trying to watch things. Uh, what were some other cool. ones you were going to mention, Jeff? Um, Paramount Plus. Yeah. Uh, players. It's hilarious. It's really, really good. So the the guy who made American Vandal, did you ever watch that? Mm-mm. That's another one you should definitely check out because it's hilarious. it's like this mockumentary, but it's almost almost believable. And it's really funny. Uh, the uh, American Vandal. Same thing goes with Players, but it's even, I think Players is even more interesting because it's like, it is explaining some things that are the realities of like streaming and uh, professional video game stuff. Because the idea is these, it's like a professional video game team for League of Legends. And it's like this mockumentary going into how they form the team and the people on the team and their personalities. But it's like, it's well written and the acting and everything is, is very well done, I think. Um, we've been really enjoying that one. Uh, speaking of Apple Plus, Shining Girls with Kate Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. I always call her Kate Moss. Elizabeth Moss. I liked that one. I thought that was pretty fascinating. Uh, have you watched that at all? No, I see it. So we're we're trying to get through Severance because uh, we we only pay for Apple TV Plus when Ted Lasso's around. So we have. Uh, because my wife's in the Writers Guild, we have sort of the four-year consideration version of it. So mm. we're like, well, we got to finish this show uh, before it expires, I think at the end of August. And it's like, all right, I want to move on to that show. There's some other things I want to see, but it's uh, just just staying awake and watching Severance is the real challenge. For sure. But uh, So yeah, Elizabeth Moss has that show. She also has Handmaid's Tale. And, uh, you know, a lot of people know her from Mad Men, but uh, I'm not as into Handmaid's Tale. I know a lot of people love it. I just it was it wasn't for me. It was just I got bored. I couldn't connect. I understand the plight and like the horrible shit. Did you feel like it was too positive of an outlook on society? And uh, I think she was just complaining too much. It's like, know your place. Shut your mouth. You further. (laughs) Not what I was trying for, but I'll take it. I will allow it on the black. I just, I think frankly, it's like the, it's, it's a thing that clearly, I just think I couldn't relate to the overarching story, which is like the plight of women and, you know, being forced into this role as like, uh, you're a servant because you can give birth. Uh, So I, I think it's a good show. I thought it was fine. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. I just didn't connect to it. So I was just like, it's not for me. I got bored. My wife had to give up on it because it it was just too much. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's, there's watching, you know, grim subject matter. There's seeing things that are, you know, and then there's times where you're just like, I'm just like way too bummed out after it. Uh, So I, I I get that. Uh, You were talking about Paramount plus and, uh, regular listeners of the Black Cast know we recently did a whole episode on this, but uh, you know the the Paramount Plus slash CBS All Access Star Trek shows have been really hit or miss, but uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is fantastic, and it is like feels the most like the old Star Trek that they're they've ever done on this service, and probably in like thirty years, you know, it's in terms of television. The casting is great. 
Uh, they do not cut any corners on the effects, which is very important. Uh, Star Trek Picard is literally one of the worst television viewing experiences I've ever had in my entire life of a bad show that I watched all the way to the end because I had this dumb idea that I was going to do an after show for it. So I had to stick with it. But uh, Strange New Worlds is the opposite. What were you going to say? I've been wanting to check it out, but but I, I fell off of uh, what was the main show that we I started watching? The one that we Discovery. went to. Discovery. Yeah, we went to a panel on Discovery. Yeah. yeah, I loved Discovery, but I just fell off of it because it's like, <clears throat> I think it's I think it's awesome that I'm seeing throughout you know everywhere proliferated in my media, like more LGBTQ plus stuff. Like I'm seeing it in all my video games, and that's great. With Discovery, it felt like the same problem I had with Glee, where like the storylines just feel trite, like they don't go anywhere. They're just about that community right with glee the the in the first season the gay character came out three times it's like okay. we don't need three coming out episodes and with star trek it just felt like they got to a point where every episode was like an allegory for that and and i just was like i'm i don't know it lost me well, i didn't understand where they were coming from with the i know yeah i, I like, think i know what you're saying uh but uh you know i thought that uh there, you know, you do get into that sometimes, like the modern era of Doctor Who, there was a point where every side character, uh, they, I think that there's a great level of inclusion. And, and uh, obviously, I'm looking at this in a different way. Uh, I'll, I'll be interested to know what Will thinks. And you don't have to have seen any of these things, but just more of the concept. But with Doctor Who, it was like every character uh, for it seemed like the first couple seasons since uh, Jodie Whittaker took over, every character was in a same sex relationship and they, they never had heterosexual characters. And I thought that did a disservice as talking to my friend Z about this recently on this show. And I was just like, I think you're like putting too much focus on it. It's like, it's like everything, but I'm like, I don't know, is that making up for lost time because you didn't have any of that representation. So do you feel like you do it? I think it's great that discovery actually has a trans character and the way that they handled it. I thought, uh, was uh, I, I thought it was great. It's it's actually you know it's a good character. Um, the the guy from Rent is great on that show. The guy mm -hmm. from My So Called Life is great on that show. You know, uh, but um, I, yeah, I think that the problem with that show is more introducing so many new characters, regardless of the way they identify or or, or their orientation, and just not focusing on characters who have been on it from the beginning. There's characters on the bridge. I don't even know their name. And they've been on all, all four or five seasons. For but, sure. Um, I think finish I mean, your thought, and then I want to ask Will something. Well, uh, speaking to exactly that, it kind of reminded me, like, so the storyline with, uh, I can't remember any character's name. So the doctor, the main scientist guy that you're talking about from Rent, his storyline with his- Yeah, Dr. Uh, Culber is the character's name. Anthony yeah, Rapp is the actor, yeah. Anthony Rapp, yes. His storyline with his partner made so much sense. It was like interwoven yeah. with the first seasons and it was great because it seemed like there was like gravitas to their stories. Then we got to the the one where I, the trans character and then that other trans uh, one, uh, I can't, she was in, or he's in the OA. Uh, and then he I don't came. know that show, but I know the character you're talking about. Yeah, they've got like the thingies on their head where there's like multiple people inside of them. But it's yeah. like they had the, their relationship, the trills, yeah. and it just felt like so boring and shitty. I, and maybe it's just the actors the, weren't conveying something, but it was just like 
I just couldn't, I care less. And they just kept giving them more and more scenes about their stuff. And I just was like, Ugh. well, yeah. And that, that's where I feel it was at the expense of characters. I was more interested in and, and th that might've been a casting problem. Uh, so will, when you have uh, a couple of, uh, you know, straight guys trying to navigate, what do you think this idea of, you know, specifically, and you don't need to have watched any of the Doctor Who, literally you don't need to have watched it. Um, but to understand the idea, uh, what, what's the, the right point for this where, and don't forget to unmute yourself, uh, where it's like, oh no, this is good right, to have the representation. Uh, and is there a way of like, oh, it shouldn't be so many characters. It should just be part of like the group and some of them, are gay some of them are trans some of them are this some are, or i don't know so uh as yeah. as someone i think better equipped to to uh process this stuff uh what do you what do you think works for you personally i i mean it's ever since i i mean i've always wanted to incorporate these kinds of characters into stories but do it in a way that's just sort of inherently part of a larger story and not so much um necessarily the focus although sometimes it needs to be you know i think it's it's easier said than done to say like oh these people just so happen to be gay or trans or lesbian or whatever it is um isn't that great because then it, it's easy for people to sort of ignore i think but at the same time it can feel super forced and feel a little obnoxious to the point where it's like i really wish these people were just it's totally fine if they're in any kind of queer relationship but like let's just it doesn't have to constantly be the focus of the story or their hardship. You know, it's like uh, there's a lot of stories <clears throat> historically where it's like all they want to do is focus on like how hard it was or the trauma or the abuse or being in the closet or, be, you know, and it's like it doesn't always have to revolve around that. Like what if what if they were fine? What if their parents cared about them and accepted them and it wasn't this horrible, you know, like. I think people get caught up in and also like, oh, how difficult it must be. Um, but there's a time and a place, you know, I think it depends on the content. I think um, when it's an episode or it's certain characters and it's explored and it fits with the overall narrative, then then yes. But if it feels forced, that's probably because it is. And even I remember I watched the first Jodie Whittaker season of Doctor Who. Yeah. And I don't recall it being i remember feeling like there was a lot of moments in general that felt really forced not just queer storylines but like uh because it, it can also get a little like whitey when they're going back and like we're gonna hang out with rosa parks and i'm like you're so you're saying this like white woman essentially helped rosa like now it's like well <laughs> yeah and let's cast a british guy as martin luther king right right yeah well, yeah um so I don't know. I don't think there's one right answer or a wrong answer, but I do know that it can feel, you know, when it feels heavy handed, it's probably because it is like, no, I think you put your finger on something though, that it's like a lot of aspects of the storytelling and we're leaning on Dr. Who in particular right now, haven't been strong. So you're not able to navigate that stuff well either. And uh, the character on discovery you're talking about, uh, their name is Adira and there's, so that that's a, trans character and then i guess gray is the non-binary mm -hmm. but then it's also when you're you sort of have the memories of generations of you know different genders it's sort of made for an interesting thing i think that with that story in particular it's a casting problem and i don't think that either actor is particularly strong mm -hmm. and 
there's some much better actors that probably have some better stories. Uh, but with Discovery in the most recent season, I mean, three less episodes would have been perfect. It just, they dragged out this season long arc and I'm like, oh, it's interesting, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of over it already. <laughs> uh, and then the, but I, I was talking to our pal, Jason Blair about Stranger Worlds and it was only 10 episodes. And I was like, why didn't they take those three extra episodes from Discovery and give it to the better show? But uh, that's not the way it worked out. So uh, that's uh, something that I've enjoyed. Uh, I, I think that you can just sort of watch Strange New Worlds uh, with just familiarity of Star Trek in general. It, it does tie into the second season. You know, it's the same uh, cast from season two of Discovery. Uh, Anson Mount is Captain Pike, who's uh, fantastic. And uh, I think he was that really good in uh, Multiverse of Madness. Like every line he delivered was phenomenal. So you mean when his head exploded? Yeah, yeah. it was great. He nobody's <laughs> head exploded uh, better than his in the movie, and you know that's a great way to set up our next episode because yeah. uh, there is a list of things that Will Sterling has not enjoyed in recent months. Some of which I haven't seen. I'm in the middle of season two of Stranger Things. I don't know if I'm going to start it over. I may, but. Uh, you know, so that's like, a, that's like, I think that might be a whole Lucy ago or maybe Lucy was two. Yeah. I, I, I liked the season one and I then remember season spoiling two, part of season two for you, which I hope by now you forgot. I actually don't remember. There you go. Uh, so that was like great. two, yeah. three years ago that I spoiled. The that upside down is actually right side up. Oh, that's motherfucker. True. Where are the monsters? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Too true. So, uh, yeah. So there's some stuff that I, I have seen and, you know, I always like these conversations, uh, it's fun when we disagree. Uh, it, it can be fun to agree a little bit sometimes. So uh, for people that that's the content that they come to the Blackcast for, uh, our next episode is uh, going to be uh, some more of that. Um, it'll be the, uh, what do they have in, the, in 1984, the book, not the year, not that you guys would remember the year. Uh, they have like a 10-minute hate, I think is what they, they call it. Uh, I'll have to look it up so that I can seem more, uh, more literate. Uh, but I think that, yeah, every day they get all of their anger out. It's kind of the same idea as the purge. You have the night where you can go out and kill everybody. If you have the 10 minute hate, your life is going to be better because you don't keep it bottled inside. You know, uh, it's not, I don't think it's violent. I think you just get to yell. And, and so, uh, maybe our next episode of the black cast will be a, a 10 minute hate. Uh, but if uh, people want to have less hate in their lives, although I think there's probably some hate on history rated R, right, Will? There's uh, some hate directed at certain figures throughout history. Well, Episode-wise? No, no, just characters that get talked about. Sometimes yeah. they come up and like, oh, I hate this guy, you know? Oh, yes, certainly. There's a lot. There's, there's I, I kind of like both Roosevelt's. I like when you and Craig talk about Teddy and FDR, but... Uh, Craig hates know. FDR. So no, much. I know he does. That's why yeah. I enjoy it so much. I like <laughs> that is, he comes from a place where he doesn't like him. Yeah, Such an ableist. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking asshole. Um, but uh, where can people find History Rated R and how can they follow it on Instagram, Will? Wherever you get your podcast, it's on Instagram, at History Rated R. Um, you know, Stitcher. I think it's a Stitcher. Spotify. Yeah, I don't. I don't iTunes. even know if I'm on Stitcher. That's. I used to. That used to be my primary app, and now I'm working on a show in partnership with Stitcher. But I don't work for Stitcher. But I'm like, well, oh right. I used to use Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah. 
people can find that there and and at will sterling underscore we've given up hope on getting the at will sterling name right i mean that guy's just not going to give it up i feel like it's been at will sterling underscore for so long that now it's one of those things that if i remove it it's gonna fuck your brand yeah Yeah. Uh, Jeff, I know you don't like to be found on social media. I know Dure Jeff, uh, he looks for a little bit of attention now and then, uh, so people can uh, look for him. But uh, do you have a do you have a, a Jerry Springer style final thought for our audience before we say goodbye for this episode of the Blackcast? Mm, teach your children well. Well said, and we will see you and your children. Don't forget to follow me on social media, Christian DMZ. Next time on The Blackcast. Thank you for listening to The Blackcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Blackcast. That's B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. Like The Blackcast on Facebook, follow at Blackcast on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, the man responsible for what you just heard is on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. I'm Farad Muhammad, and if you want me to voice your podcast intro, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at F A R D M U H A M M A D. We will see you next time on the Bladcast. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>